coming to you from deep inside the bowels of a great big empty. Get ready for another episode of The Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. Thanks, Golden Glenn, for lending your magic vocal cords to the show. I'm your host, Skip Coriel, author of 22 books, Marine Corps veteran, founder of the Second Amendment March, proud father of seven, grandfather to 19 and counting. And as a special bonus, I'm also madly in love with my own wife. My priorities in life are God, family, and country in that order, and I hereby promise to never compromise in my convictions. I may go broke, but I'll never go woke. Folks, we've got a great show for you today. We'll be talking with P.J. Jablonski about church safety teams and the rise in anti-Semitism in our country and the world. Then we'll speak with Bruce Corey in our ShootingClasses.com self-defense report, where we get some expert advice on the details of self-defense. Before we get too far into the show, let's thank our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, ShootingClasses.com, and Centershot Indoor Gun Range. Okay, folks, every week I get mail from the listeners and from my students. This week, I got a question from Tasha. And Tasha wants to know if it's safe to carry with a round in the chamber. And I get that question all the time. I, you know, any instructor anywhere always gets that question. And everyone answers it a little bit differently. For me, it's rather cut and dried. I mean, I've, I've had 20-some years to think about it and to, to gather experience and, and all of that and to learn from other people's mistakes. So my answer to that is you really should strive to carry with a round in the chamber. Now, having said that, I also understand that some people may not be ready to carry a round in the chamber. Why do I say that? Well, because it's all about muscle memory. All right. What is muscle memory? Muscle memory is doing the same thing the same way thousands and thousands of times over and over again until it's a habit until you can't do it any way else muscle memory is one of the important building blocks of personal defense because here's what's going to happen you're going to be walking down the sidewalk guy's going to step out from behind a dumpster he's going to shove a gun in your face or a knife and he's going to start giving orders When that happens, most people get an adrenaline dump into their bloodstream, their heart rate skyrockets, and then they start thinking like a caveman. They're just not thinking clearly anymore. If you've got good muscle memory, you won't hesitate. You won't have to stop and think about what you're supposed to be doing. You'll do it automatically because you've practiced it so many thousands of times. And, you know, I remember when I was in the Marine Corps, I always wondered, you know, why are they making us do the same thing the same way over and over and over again? It's like, okay, I know how to do this. Why the repetition? It's because you may have to do something under extreme duress. You may have to do it in the dark. You may have to do it while your shoulder is bleeding. You may have to do it while people around you are dying. And it's kind of like that even in civilian gunfights. People are dying, maybe in an active shooter situation. Uh, You could be bleeding. There's certainly going to be stress, more stress than you ever felt in your entire life. So it has to be muscle memory at that point. 
and you only get muscle memory by repetition. But you have to have good muscle memory. What is bad muscle memory? Well, bad muscle memory is when you learn it the wrong way and then you practice for years on end doing it incorrectly. And then all of a sudden you learn the right way to do it or the safe way to do it. And then you have trouble overwriting that old muscle memory because you've done it 100,000 times improperly. And now you're having a lot of difficulty learning the right way and doing it the right way. Folks, it is safe to draw your gun while it's loaded, provided your finger doesn't go on the trigger until the gun is pointed in a safe direction. That's the bottom line. I recommend that first you learn the right way from a good instructor, and then you practice the right way. And you can practice with a, with a blue training gun. And then you can just practice in front of the mirror, watching yourself. Start out slow, then pick up the pace, but make sure you're doing it correctly every single time. Because the way you learn it and the way you practice it, that's the way you're going to do it in real life. And if you haven't practiced it, then you may not be able to do it in real life. And you don't want to lose the gunfight, right? It definitely speeds you up in a gunfight when you can draw and you don't have to rack around in. You know, even if you practice, and, and I saw this on a USCCA video just, uh, just a few days ago. If you, if you practice drawing, racking, and shooting, it's going to take you about an extra half a second to get to the shot. But here's what happens. It's not usually half a second that it adds. It's usually two or three seconds. Because I've had people come to my class, and they've been practicing drawing, racking, and shooting for a long time. And they're fine as long as they're on the range and they're calm, cool, and collected. But as soon as I add even a, a little bit of stress, they draw, they drive out, and they try and shoot. There's no round in the chamber. They hear a click. They, they stop, think, okay, what's going on? And then they pull back in, then they rack, and then they go. Listen, you, you probably do have an extra half a second if you do it perfectly. But I've just seen way too many people, good shooters, mind you, who get excited under the stress. They forget that they don't have a round in the chamber. And then they drive out, click, oh, crap. And then they've got to pull back, do it all over again. So instead of adding a half a second, it adds two or three seconds. Two or three seconds in a three-second gunfight is way too long. So, to answer your question, Tasha, it is safe provided you've learned from a good instructor, you've practiced safely, that your finger always stays off the trigger until the gun is pointed in a safe direction. And here's another thing. People say, oh, it's going to go off inside the holster. Well, folks, the only way it's going to go off inside the holster is if you spontaneously burst into flames. Okay, There's just no history, no documentation, no record of guns going off inside holsters for no apparent reason. Is it possible that it could happen? 
Well, maybe if you don't holster properly, maybe if you have a bad holster, an unsafe holster, maybe if you let your shirt tail get down inside that holster, inside the trigger guard. Hey, I wanted to talk about something that I'm very excited about. You know that I'm an author. I've written 22 books. My latest book just came out just a few days ago. It is called The Mad American Day of the Phoenix, A New World Rises. It is the third and final installment in the Mad American series. Uh, I, I love this book. It's got some very oh, interesting characters, characters uh, you know, that do some crazy things. But it's an apocalyptic adventure, like most of my, my other novels. Uh, I enjoyed writing it. I think you'll like the Mad American series. It's in Kindle, it's in paperback, and it's coming out in audiobook here real soon. Check that out on Amazon.com. I think you'll like that. If you read it and you think it's good, give me a shout back. You can always email me at skipcordial at hotmail.com. All right, folks, if you want to learn how to protect yourself and your loved ones, then you need to check out our sponsor, United States Concealed Carry Association. Just go to uscca.com and see how they can help you protect and defend the ones you love. This is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll be interviewing PJ Labonski, partner and lead trainer of Armed Safely and Critical Incident Training, and also the owner and lead trainer of We Train Heroes. All right, folks, we'll be back in a few minutes. In the meantime, God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Coming to you from deep inside the bowels of a great big empty. Get ready for another episode of The Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. And that was the beautiful and sultry voice of Golden Glenn, the official announcer of The Home Defense Show. And I'm your host, Skip Coriel. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, ShootingClasses.com, and Centershot Indoor Gun Range for all your training and equipment needs. All right. Okay, folks. Now I'd like to introduce PJ Jablonski. PJ is the partner and lead trainer of Arm Safely and Critical Incident Training and also the owner, lead trainer of We Train Heroes. PJ, it is a pleasure to have you on the show today. Well, thank you. I appreciate your uh, invite and look forward to this, Skip. PJ, you have specialized training that you give to a lot of places you know, in your, your companies here, particularly, I, I'm interested in house of worship training. You know, can, can you first talk about your, your companies and then some of the training that you offer? Sure. Would love to. Thank you. So Arm Safely started out a number of years ago, almost two decades ago, and myself and my business partner started by doing concealed carry classes in Michigan and also instructor training. From there, we focused on some tactical type training, and we also did locations where they should have the training, but they might be a lower income bracket. We were able to create events and find sponsors. So I would find sponsors for various neighborhoods that wanted to be trained that 
basically the demographic could not afford all of that training. The NRA provided our materials. We found somebody to donate the ammo and we found a range that in the Michigan area was able to provide their facility for us. That's how we got started doing more community service work. And we also both became, both myself and Will, my business partner, became certified through the Department of Justice and National Sheriff's Association to become Neighborhood Watch Coordinators. From there, it just kind of, it became a different animal. And although most of the focus over the last number of years has been firearms and for arms safely will always be firearms, I created a training curriculum to help houses of worship which includes their security teams, so training them armed and unarmed, as well as training their admin staff. And we put on awareness training for their membership. Quite a few things. Yeah. My focus kind of changed a little bit, and I wanted to help people who were unarmed that were in locations where you are not allowed to carry firearms on how to protect yourself should an active threat occur. We also have done training for the automotive industry, where we've trained from executives to the hourly employee. And of course, that's a tiered training. You know, a plant can't close down for a a number of days. We feel in-person training gives everybody the ability to better protect themselves versus going online and reading through a PowerPoint. Well, PowerPoints can be a, a little bit boring. Most people, when they take our training, if they've had previous active shooter training where the focus was on a PowerPoint or an online training, they all say the same thing. I learned so much more, I can't believe it. Yeah, well, you get you get feedback, you go back and forth and the training where you're right there, you're you're looking people in the eye, and you can you can get immediate feedback. You know whether or not am I resonating here, and they can ask you questions. And so the in-person training is so much better, in in my opinion. We're speaking with uh, PJ Labonski. Uh, she is the partner and lead trainer of Arms Safe Safely and Critical Incident Training, and also the owner lead trainer of We Train Heroes. All right, PJ. The the House of Worship training, do you train armed church safety teams? Is is that a good way to word it? A lot of houses of worship are, they may have police presence, uh, they may have private security, but they, a lot of them are going into training their own members that we help vet to ensure that they're the, they have the right mindset. And then we work with them from the awareness part all the way through tactical, working as a team, uh, going to the range and practicing, knowing when it's appropriate to shoot, uh, not just based on what's going on. You know, if there's a very chaotic scene, obviously people, a lot of movement, you don't want to do that. Um, but there's also legal ramifications, so we go through that as well. Everybody, you know, goes through the training, and then there's always qualifiers and refreshers. So that's for the internal security team. We do have some folks that we determine 
might not be best suited for the carry, you know, for carrying. Yeah. However, yeah. they want to participate and we want them to participate. We want them to be eyes and ears. We want them to engage people as they're walking into the facility. Is this someone familiar with the facility? Is there something out odd about their behavior? And we train them. And then they're aware and they keep their eye out and they let everybody else on the team know what's what's going on. So everybody can play a part. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I do the same thing over here on, on the uh, west side of the state through my sheriff's office. And, uh, well, you know, you get different reactions from different churches because it's like every house of worship has its own personality, so to speak. And it's like some will welcome uh, the firearms training. Others will say, no, we, you know, we want this to be a quote unquote safe place. So right. we're not going to allow firearms into our, uh, our house of worship. Do you run across the same thing in your experience? Yes. So we have, and we've had people who have contacted us and said, listen, we have a number of people who have asked to carry we're not comfortable with that. However, we've given them permission. Can you just come through and walk them through and make sure they know what they're doing? Yeah. It's not that's the safest thing to do. You know, that's not the safest thing to do because without the proper training, people can't coordinate their efforts and they don't know what's going on. A lot of people, unfortunately, could get injured. However, with the proper training, it's the it's the best thing. Normally people who contact us have already thought through that they do want it. So they mm -hmm. are open to it. It's very rare that, and we've never experienced this, but I've, I've heard of certain um, churches that have decided to go through with it and then they change their mind. We've never experienced that. Once we've had somebody contact us and we started the training process, everybody loved it and it fell right into place. That speaks well of you and your, your training then. So that's good. Well, um, okay, we are about out of time for this segment, but PJ, I'd like to have you back for the, the next segment. Can you uh, stick around for the next segment? Would love to, thank you. All right. All right, this is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll continue our conversation with PJ Jablonski. During the break, go ahead and pump out 30 push-ups and get back in physical shape. Because we all know that a healthy, fit person is harder to kill. In the meantime, God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Avoid danger, save lives, and keep your loved ones safe. If this sounds good to you, you sound good to me. And I'd like to help you do those things. Avoid danger, save lives, and keep your loved ones safe. If you're looking for more excitement in your life, we have nothing to offer you. But if you are a thoughtful, responsible, nonviolent man or woman, we'd love to teach you what to do if something crazy happens. More importantly, we'd like to teach you what not to do. We currently have over half a million members. They are doctors and single moms and firemen and grandmothers 
grandmothers and veterans and Democrats and Republicans and members of every faith. But the one thing they all have in common is that they know exactly what to do if something crazy happens. When you're with one of our members, you are safe. Our members know how to de-escalate situations. They know how to calm things down. We are the United States Concealed Carry Association. See what we're all about at usconcealedcarry.com. Discover the little-known backstory of the U.S. Concealed Carry Association at usconcealedcarry.com. They say he eats crayons and his knuckles drag on the ground, but that's only half true. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Home Defense Show. I'm your host, Skip Coriel, and now let's continue our conversation with PJ Jablonski, partner and lead trainer of Armed Safely and Critical Incident Training, and also the owner and lead trainer of We Train Heroes. PJ, we're having a good conversation about uh, church safety training. I would like to segue a little bit into what's happening over in the Mideast right now, because that certainly has something to do with houses of worship. There are people out there who don't like Jewish people and, and also Christians. I know that you are of the Jewish faith, so can you talk a little bit about what's going on over there right now? Sure, I'd love to. Thanks, uh, thanks for asking. I'm not a guru on Middle East political affairs, but I will say here, there's definitely been a rise in anti-Semitism. I know there's also been a rise in hate speech towards Americans, towards Christians. There has been a rise for people to want training in the Jewish community. I've seen it in the Detroit area. I've seen it in the Cleveland area. And I've talked to people in various other states, and they said they have seen it as well as a more peaceful kind of religion. And I think it's because a lot of Jews remember the Holocaust. And so they do their best to try to avoid violence and violent rhetoric. But they're now feeling that what happened years ago is on the increase and could possibly occur again. At this point, there's a rise in crime, and there's also the definitive rise in rhetoric and speech. I'm finding that the Jewish community is arming themselves. They're getting training. A lot of them who are completely against firearms are still wanting training. They are still wanting to know how to handle a firearm because it's in the back of their mind, and they're starting to move it more forward. Definitely, there's a rise and the potential for arming a lot more individuals. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show, and we're speaking with PJ Jablonski. PJ, I am happy to hear that. I mean, not because, you know, I, I just want everyone to have a gun, uh, but I want the right people to have proper training and, and to have the gun so that they can protect innocent life. I am uh, Eastern Orthodox. I was just talking to my my priest last night about this. And I was asking, you know, what, what is the orthodox view of use of deadly force? Because I've been training it for years. And he said, you have the right to self-defense. But he said, you have the obligation to protect others who are having their, their lives threatened. And I thought, that really goes along with my protector-defender instinct. And it certainly goes along with what you and I do. 
we train others to protect and defend themselves and the ones that they love. I think it's great that you guys are doing all this and I see nothing but good that can come from it. As we always tell our, our students, we're training you for the worst day of your life. Yeah. And we hope that you are prepared should you experience that. However, we hope that God forbid you never experience it. You never see it and it never knocks on your door. PJ, that, that's the thing. It's it's like hardly ever happens, right? So why do we do this? And I think the, the problem is if it does happen, it's so catastrophic that hundreds of people's of lives are are affected and they're not just physically wounded or killed. It's also their souls are wounded and their lives are dramatically altered when something like this happens. Yeah, that's correct. Obviously, if there is a mass casualty event, however many people are killed or affected, their families are affected, their friends are affected, however many people are injured and survive, they're affected, their families, their friends, people who were there that walked away, they're affected their families are affected. And anybody who ever went to that same space, that same place, you're always affected because you think of yourself being there and what would have happened if it was on the day I was there. If you have a family member who is mentally ill, because as we know, people in their right mind are not going to do acts of violence like this, but those families are affected too. So it doesn't affect just one person. This is Skip Coriolahone Bafencia. We're speaking with PJ Jablonski. You mentioned mental illness and mental illness. It seems to be epidemic proportions right now in our society. And it's a wild card because it changes everything. I mean, we, we talk about people who are on drugs or who are incapacitated, you know, with alcohol or whatever. It's a similar thing because someone who's mentally ill, they can go up, they can go down, but people still love that person. They want to see them heal. They want to see them normal again. But when they're in that bad place, they can do things that they normally wouldn't do. And that's when you need the armed church safety team. Yeah, that's true. That's what happens. So we all know, we all have bad days. We all get depressed. We all, you know, somebody passes away, we grieve. There's a breakup we grieve. Not everybody goes off the deep end. Not everybody has a psychotic break. However, there are people who are prone to maybe being more sensitive to that. And when that occurs, that's when you have these acts of violence. So more mental health care would be great. And I think the other issue is how do you get somebody who's starting to show signs to get that help that they need? Not everyone wants to carry a gun in church. In fact, probably most people don't want to carry a gun in church. It's a, it's a nuisance. It's a pain in the butt. It's a big responsibility, right? But you mentioned training people to be eyes and ears. And I think, boy, that is just so important because they help identify potential problems that if you know that there is a problem, you know, maybe someone, you know, has a rant on Facebook or someone walks into the, the house of worship, they just look very suspicious or, or visibly upset or something. 
they can notify uh, another team member and say, you know, what's going on with Frank? Uh, what do you know about that? And so what kind of training do you give people like that who don't want to be armed, but they still want to help? We have a program called Comprehensive Traumatic Event Survival Training. Part of that includes awareness training. It includes how to identify a threat. And it also includes reporting what you see. And we go through all of these modules and we explain based on whether we're training at a manufacturing plant or we're training a private class or we're training a house of worship. You want people to be able to identify there's something amiss. It's great. Now they know it and they're like, well, what do I do now? And the reason that we are aware is so that we can hopefully avoid. If it's something that just occurs immediately, we tell people, this is how you act. So these are the actions to take. There's a saying in our community, best gunfight is the one that you you didn't have to have. And that exactly. goes right, right to avoidance. If you can avoid it, boy, then everyone is better off. But PJ, we are about out of time for this segment. Before you go, can you tell people how can they get a hold of you if they want your training? They can contact me at PJJ. C-I-T instructor at gmail.com, or they can give me a call at 313-569-1144. They can also check out our website, which is www.armed, A-R-M-E-D, safely, S-A-F-E-L-Y.com. Right. Armsafely.com. All right. Well, hey, PJ, thank you very, very much for being on the Home Defense Show. We uh, we really appreciate everything you, you do for the community. Thank you so much. I appreciate that uh, the invitation and that you included me. All right. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll have our self-defense report brought to you by shootingclasses.com. Go ahead and check out our sponsors, USCCA at uscca.com, Centershot Indoor Gun Range at centershotgunrange.com and shootingclasses.com. After that, go ahead and do some dry fire practice. Make sure the gun is unloaded and there's no ammo in the room. God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Firearms training should be easy. Instructors can focus on teaching and not worry about all the complex paperwork and management behind the scenes. Just pull the trigger and let us do the administrative work. Welcome to shootingclasses.com. At Centershot Gun Range, we are passionate about training. Don't know where to start? We offer a one-hour new shooter seminar to introduce you to the world of firearms and help you find training opportunities specific to you. Concealed carry, home defense, firearm safety, AR-15, private one-on-one training, custom training, or maybe you're on a security team looking to protect your church or business. We even offer weekday morning and evening classes. Centershot Gun Range has you covered. Start your journey at centershotgunrange.com. Firearms training should be easy. Instructors can focus on teaching and not worry about all the complex paperwork and management behind the scenes. Just pull the trigger and let us do the administrative work. Welcome to shootingclasses.com. He's no Einstein, but he can read and write and feed himself just like a big boy. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. 
And that was the beautiful and sultry voice of Golden Glen, the official announcer of the Home Defense Show. I'm your host, Skip Coriel. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, shootingclasses.com, and Center Shot Indoor Gun Range for all your training and equipment needs. And now it's time for our weekly self-defense report sponsored by shootingclasses.com. And today on our self-defense portion, we have Bruce Corey from the great state of Ohio. Did I have that correctly, Bruce? Absolutely. Yes, the great state of Ohio. So do you root for the Buckeyes or the Spartans? Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, hey. okay. <laughs> that was a joke, right? Yes, that was humor. Yes. <laughs> You are one of the founders of shootingclasses.com, are you not? I'm actually the managing partner. I'm the retired uh, member, so everybody else is still working. So I'm the one that gets to do the day-to-day activities. Well, you don't want to get bored, do you? Oh, absolutely. No chance of that. And you get to work with guys like me. So it's a win-win. Absolutely. You know, we, we launched shooting classes back in 2018. And really just a simple objective. We wanted to help bring students and instructors together. And you were actually one of the first instructors to get on shootingclasses.com. Oh, wow. Hey, nothing like getting off on the right foot, huh? Absolutely. You are here and you're going to do the analysis for us on the uh, self-defense report this week. So I, I took it from the United States Concealed Carry Association, one of the newsletters that they sent out called First Line, I believe, the Voice of the Protectors. And I'm just going to go ahead and read through the scenario, and then you and I are just going to kind of armchair quarterback it and give our listeners the benefit of all of our expertise. In Elderon, Wisconsin, a 79-year-old man went to the mall to pick up a few things. 22-year-old man was scouting for victims at the same mall and followed the shopper home. When the older man got out of his car, the attacker raced up and stabbed him in the face. While bleeding from the face, the defender retrieved his firearm and fired one shot at the assailant. The attacker then overpowered the man, twisted the gun out of his grip, and ran away. The injured shopper called the police to report the incident. Hours later, the attacker was found dead in his car from one gunshot wound to the chest. No charges were filed. So, what do you think about that, Bruce? Well, my first thoughts are they go to the attacker. Typically, we think about somebody that's trying to hold us up, rob us. They give me your wallet, give me the keys to your car, breaking into your home, trying to take your valuables. But this is not that kind of a scenario. This was not a robbery. This was a hate crime. For whatever reason, the attacker chose this individual. Obviously, because of his age, he assumed he was an easy target. It doesn't give us much description about what their backgrounds are as to what motive he may have. But definitely, when you run up to somebody and stab them in the face, that's that's a hate crime. Quite honestly, the fact that the elderly gentleman was able to get off one shot is good. Obviously, he must have been probably a concealed carry license holder. It said retrieve his gun, and I'm not sure what that meant, but I'm assuming it must have been on him for him to get it while he was being stabbed. You know, I think a lot of things here and training is, is is essential. I look at the gentleman that got stabbed. I think he probably fit the profile of maybe a million or more of our good citizens who want to protect themselves. They go out, they purchase a gun, they get a concealed carry license and probably get very little to no training after that just by the, what happened. I think he was very fortunate because when the attacker 
wrestled him, grabbed the gun, and got a hold of the gun. Uh, my feeling is he probably would have tried to shoot the guy. So hopefully during the attack, while he was grabbing the gun, the slide came out of battery. And when he went to shoot him, it was a misfire. It wouldn't fire. Knowing that the attacker was just 22 years old and was doing it with a knife, not a gun, he probably wasn't that familiar with the guns and didn't know what to do with the gun at that point in time, just turned and ran away. Quite honestly, I have no ill feelings that they found him dead. To me, he's probably a person that should have been removed from the gene pool and saved us the burden of a uh, prosecution, incarceration, and probably getting out later on and uh, repeating his crimes again. Yeah. This is Skip Coriel, and you're listening to the Home Defense Show as we discuss self-defense with Bruce Corey from shootingclasses.com. Yeah, Bruce, I was I was thinking a lot of the same things that, that you were. You talked about it, it being a hate crime. Anytime you stab someone in the face, unless it's for self-defense, it's pretty much a, a hate crime. I mean, that's Absolutely. just the way that it is. He didn't have to stab him in the face. He could have showed him the knife and said, give me your wallet. But we don't know what was going through this this young man's mind while he was doing that. But I've seen videos like this before where people have just walked up and and stabbed someone in, in the leg. You can say, well, they're doing it to get their point across, to show that they're serious or to achieve some other tactical advantage. But you don't do things like that unless you're just flat out mean. You, you just want to hurt somebody, right? And it, it's like frosting on the cake for these guys. What impressed me about this older gentleman, and you and I can relate to this. I mean, you and I, we've, we've trained together. We know each other personally. I'm 66, and uh, I know if, if life were a race, you'd be ahead of me. Um, but uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. we, we can relate to this because we're in that elderly demographic. So this guy got stabbed in the face. So he's bleeding all over the place. Yeah. You know, he still had the presence of mind to draw his gun and he got one good shot off to the chest. I assume it was probably within three feet because the guy just stabbed him in the face. So it must have been close quarters combat. I'm just impressed that a 79 year old man had the presence of mind. He had the courage. And let's face it, you don't need a huge amount of training to draw and shoot someone who is contact distance away from you. The training certainly helps you to do it better. And maybe if he'd had better training, the, the you know, the bad guy wouldn't have gotten a hold of his gun uh, to begin with. So certainly right, more right. training would have helped. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah, you're in your 60s. I just recently turned 75. So I full well know the meaning of senior moments. You know, we have them. We're, yeah. as we get older, our awareness, our responsiveness, it, it diminishes. So we've got to be very conscious of what's going on around us so that, you know, we do have more time to react and, and deal with situations. Yeah, it, it's hard because there are so many things that we lose as we get older. I mean, our eyesight goes a little dim. You know, it's like, you know, yep. you're walking through the parking lot and at, at age 25, I can see everything perfectly and clear, right? But, but at age 66, mm -hmm. I a guy's walking towards me and there's something in his hand and I'm going, what is that in his hand? You know, it, is it a knife or, or is it a, a, a loaf of bologna? I really don't know. And so it yeah. makes it hard. I mean, we could criticize this guy for, for being not situationally aware, 
but it's hard to be perfectly situationally aware when everything that you see is blurry beyond 20 feet. Oh, absolutely. I thought he did a really good job considering the, the guy's age, the limitations that he had. And obviously he made a really good shot. And this 22-year-old will never hurt another person ever again. That's the positive outcome. Yeah. Uh, you, you, would, you would like to think that any of these attack situations, the person that's being attacked manages to somehow survive and do the right things. Well, that's the goal. Yeah. You go home to your family every night. And, and that's Absolutely. what shootingclasses.com is there for. You know, all of you folks, if you want to find out how to get more training, go to shootingclasses.com and Bruce will hook you up with some excellent instructors all across the country. If I can make one more comment, it, yeah. you know, training is goes way beyond just how to shoot a firearm. It's situational awareness. You and I did a seminar at the beginning of this year, Terry Vaughn's DIRT training. That was very good. Dangerous individual recognition training. That, quite honestly, can be more valuable to people just to be able to recognize situations and avoid situations. So there's there's lots of different trainings that people can find through shootingclasses.com. Awesome. All right. Well, Bruce, I want to thank you for being on the Home Defense Show today. Oh, thank you, Skip. My pleasure. All right. Well, folks, this is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show, and that about wraps it up for this week's show. I've had a good time, and I hope you have too. Please don't forget to thank our sponsors, Centershot Indoor Gun Range at centershotgunrange.com, shootingclasses.com to help you find the right trainer for your needs, and the United States Concealed Carry Association for all your self-defense needs. Go to uscca.com. Oh, yeah. Before I forget, I've written 20 plus books and they're all available on Amazon.com in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. Start out with Civilian Combat, the Concealed Carry book. You'll like that one. And if you want training from me in person, then check out Midwest Tactical Training at shootingclasses.com. Please join us again next week for all your home defense needs. In the meantime, God bless and stay safe. Thank you for joining us this week on The Home Defense Show. Now, Get out there and protect the ones you love. We'll see you next week with more of the best. Bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle.